prevalent topics in staffing their business. Stripping it back to a human point of view, from diversity and inclusion, to branding, business strategy, we're opening every door. Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of the podcast. Um, today, obviously, the topic that we are discussing um, is relative to the fact that coming up this week we have International Women's Day, um, and I thought it would be really good as the first topic to discuss about see diversity in the workplace and recruitment. Obviously, we are a recruitment business. Um, but also see specifically about gender diversity with the fact that it's International Women's Day. And with us today to discuss the topic, we have two lovely ladies with us, Krisha and Val, if you want to introduce yourselves to the camera. Sure, I'm Krisha and I'm the Head of Transformation Projects at MA. Hi, I'm Valerie, uh, I'm the Project Solution Manager at MA. Um, nice to have you with us, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so obviously we have you ladies in because you obviously your you have predominant roles within the organisation and I think your contrast in your careers are really interesting for us to have you in the room, especially with alongside myself and Maria. Obviously we're you know part of the younger generation. No offence to you, to you ladies. You obviously look very good for your age. Sales and 
open mind. Yeah. But it's interesting to know obviously that you moved from fashion industry, which obviously would normally be every woman's dream, really, right? To go into fashion where, you know, it's probably iconic, but it's such a female-dominated industry. It is. And that you hated that so much that, well, not hated, that's a strong <laughs> word. You disliked it. Yes. <laughs> um, and it wasn't for you. You know, it's not for everyone. Other people love it and thrive in it. Um, but you then decided to move to almost the complete opposite yes. and go to a, what is notoriously back, definitely back in the, you know, at the, in those times, obviously, it was male-dominated. Obviously, we've experienced, and it probably still is now. I, we, you know, I certainly saw recruitment still as a, a male-dominated industry. So it's interesting to see that you took that step into that type of industry, even though that you know it was more the sales side that you wanted to go to. Yeah. But you know, as I said, with the the whole going from female-dominated to male-dominated, as I said, with the the topic this year, it being each for equal. It's really interesting to know whether you ladies obviously coming into to recruitment. Um, obviously, you said you were here for seventeen years, and I just want to point out obviously that you've been with MA for those seventeen for years, four, yeah, duration, <laughs> which is incredible. Um, that whether you actually had any challenges as a female coming into such a male-dominated industry, and and the differences between obviously you being with one company for so long and having that experience of being in an industry with one single company and obviously Krisha with you obviously coming in and having a completely different experience and going into different companies. So were there any specific challenges that you would say for sure were because you were a female as coming into that industry? Yeah, well there's you know there's the one that springs to mind is um, a comment uh, when I was part of a, I was invited to um, a uh, supplier forum by a client and it was about 50, 60 people in, in the place and um, there was only two women suppliers, so wow. that was me and there was this other lady and then um, a comment that didn't ruin the day but made me think oh, really is that you know what we you know what we are and that's all we are is um, one of uh, one of the the clients said to my main contact, "Oh, I understand why you do business with this company and this company." Pointing at us, and we were the only two women in the in the room. And you're thinking, oh, "I hope there's more to me and to That's my company." Um, yeah. just, was that a recent thing, or no? That was that was a really long time ago. Okay. That was yeah. probably a good twelve years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, so I guess from my side, I had a similar situation when I was 26. So I'd been working for a couple of years. I, I knew my stuff, and I always took it that I should always do more research before I went to see a client. And I'd been conversing with this client on email, and everything was great. We were working on their website. Um, then I was going in to present the website, and it was more of a, la la, look what we've done. And I went in, and he goes, oh, you're a girl. And that just threw me back. It was just like, Okay, right, so I'm a girl now. It wasn't you're a lady, it's you're a girl. Uh, and then it's like, even like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was like, so what qualifications do you have? And it was just like, well, ah. you just developed your full website and so I managed the full process. Oh but, my god. But still, that was the question, and I had to validate my existence that. and why, why I could do this yeah. role suddenly at the end of a project. So I think that was something that stuck with me. Mm. But I guess rather than anything else, what it did is it just always made sure that I was 
better prepared than other people when I went into the meetings. Because I was the only woman at that, who was a project manager at that time, so I always made sure I knew more than anyone else. So I'd understand the tech and I'd understand everything else sitting around it. So if I was ever cornered again, they could not say, oh, you're a woman. This, I think, leads us to our next part of the conversation where we are in recruitment, we still see this kind of inequality, if we can call it inequality in recruitment, but we also see in this in the technology industry that we are operating in and as Val was saying in, in, um, in her situation, she was communicating with her clients, but in an industry where we see only 29% of women and especially we only have 16% of these women being actually in leadership roles in technology. So what are your tools in terms of, okay, we may be making progression in recruitment in terms of uh, maternity leaves and, and um, improving the average in terms of equality, but how, how are we seeing it in terms of who we work with and our clients and our candidates and Again, in the industry where we see it's pretty much very male dominated. So, I guess I can't really talk about the clients and candidates because mm. for a very long time my role has been more term. Mm. But I can talk about my experience when I joined MA. So, I joined MA as a contractor. So, I've worked with David in the past. Um, I was still contracting with a few other clients, and he had said, you know, have you got a few spare days? So, I started off, I think, on two days. Um, and the first day when I walked in, it was a total surprise because I had people talking in French around me, I had people talking in German, and it felt as if I was on holiday. <laughs> it was amazing. I used to walk in and I used to get so happy when I walked in because I'd be in, bonjour, hola, it was great. I was kind of like, oh, la, la, just into my cocktail in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think when you look at the company, We've got huge diversity, yeah. and I think in every yeah. way. I think currently, what the, our stats are, and again, this changes yeah. as with any recruitment company does. Um, we're sitting at forty-seven percent females yeah, in the company. It's, it's crazy good. But you kind of think, yeah. you know, everything felt equal. Yeah. There was people from all parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. it was it was a melting pot. And it was great. Yeah, I don't know how you've seen it. The first thing you see is, you know, like you said, the diversity in men and women, the diversity in terms of culture, mm-hmm. in terms of religion, in terms of, you know, possibly sexual orientation. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really big, big mix. Um, but then I guess when we look and dig a little bit deeper into the figures and see <clears throat> the stats about um, yeah. women in that, was that was the interesting thing. So the MD realised that the stats are not wrong. And so the directors have decided, well, maybe what we should do is actually look at it. And so Matt from HR had actually contacted us and said, well, you know, we want to set up a forum. I think maybe we need to create a voice because we're not, women aren't staying here. And it's very similar to most other recruitment agencies yeah. out there that I've worked with. Women seem to leave. They don't hang in for the long haul and they don't reach leadership. I looked around the room, I said, you know, I've seen this issue in other companies, but you just don't have an issue here. Yeah, I was gonna say when I joined that that was the whole reason why I loved this company so much because you walk in and it's literally so I got never cocktail. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, no, but it's just I've never seen a company so diverse and so, you know, open to each individual. 
that's their cells. But yeah, so like you said, I just never saw it in the believer. So it's only when I looked at the stats and we broke them down. Um, so we looked at the stats and then I looked, I did some research and I looked at the European stats and said, well, pretty much we are a European organisation. We don't only work in the UK. You know, we've got a lot of work in France, we've got a lot of work in Spain, Italy, Belgium. So I looked at European stats to see how did we actually figure up. So in Europe, you know, we realised 50% of the workforce was female. You kind of start breaking that down and it started saying, uh, as you went through to actually go into leadership, and 33% were leaders. And for me, that was like, it's crazy. In a room of 10, it means you've only got three women representing. And that was... Didn't feel right. Yeah. It really didn't feel right. Um, I then thought, well, that can't be the way we are. But unfortunately, our stats mirrored it. So, six yeah. percent were female when we started off as a company. Fifty percent split at entry and mid level. Still fifty yeah. percent. So you kind of think we're maintaining them for yeah. a little while, but the minute you're looking at leadership, it dropped to 30 percent. Yeah, so we're just under the European average. So. That's when I think we realised we had to do something about it, and we couldn't just sit here and say, "Oh, those were our days, and this doesn't happen anymore." Yeah, that's the thing. And like you said, if you hadn't looked at that data, you would have just carried on and assumed that we were all good. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were saying, you know, you do generally look around, and if any other company had been doing exactly the same as what we did before we started looking into the stats, no wonder a lot of companies figure out when they start to report having to report on this stuff, that really they think they're actually in a much worse position than they thought they were. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies obviously decide, okay, this is really bad, this looks bad on us, let's try and bury it or try and skew the data in any way as quickly as possible, i.e. bringing more females maybe at the lower level to help skew the overall results. But at the end of the day, what does that achieve? And I think the fact that the reason why I thought this was such a great topic for us to talk about was because we are very honest and we want to be honest about where we are in our our journey to be diverse and inclusive because we are such an inclusive company naturally. Yeah. Yet we feel that our figures still aren't perfect and that's not a bad thing necessarily and a lot of companies are going to face exactly the same issues. It's yeah. just the fact that you need to step up and do something about it. Um, and yeah, I just think it's just being aware of the figures and the fact that, you know, there's a discrepancy yeah. between what we thought we were and what we are in yeah. reality is the first step. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, you know, there's always, you know, once you realize that's the case, then there's measures to be implemented to, to sort this out. That's how the Women's Forum will work. Yes, it was. It was. So we kind of realised that we had to do something. And so we did our initial kickoff that was kind of more wanting to hear what people thought. And so we got a group together that was interesting because it was actually a few of the guys said, but can I come? And it's like, well, you can if you really want to. Um, and we, over a lunch break, we sat down and went through what we thought was important, um, what people felt they needed help with. And from there, we kicked off our first series of events that we're going to be doing and it's all about finding your voice um so we're starting off with the imposter syrup syndrome i don't know if both of you have done your questionnaire i have yeah i've looked at it i did it as soon as you sent me through but it's, it's a good one to bring up and i think it's a great topic for us to start as the first forum because 
I think every woman, I don't know whether you felt it, but I definitely felt it, having imposter syndrome. I kind of constantly feeling like I'm living a lie and that, oh God, someone's going to, you know, think I'm not good enough and then and I'm going to get better. Yeah, and it really does, you know, you have, to, you have that struggle internally to try and give yourself that, no, it's fine, like you're, you're good, you're com- like getting your confidence back yeah. kind of thing. And I don't know. Self-talk. Yeah, you have yeah. to like sort of look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you can, you, this is you. You're not lying, but it yeah, does, and you can do it. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's a great topic, and yeah, I I did the survey. I can't remember what were the different ones that you can have. In the... So depending on how you sat, you were yeah. the perfectionist. So the perfectionist was more someone. I think I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I was the perfectionist. Um, it was the first one. I there was a superhero. There was a genius. There was a genius. There was one more. <sighs> I can't remember. Yeah, I think I was a perfectionist when I did it. Have you done it yet? I think I was a superhero. I was oh, I'm so what to do. Kemi was also the superhero. Oh, what she yeah. yeah. You're so lucky. <laughs> felt so much better than a perfectionist. I know, I feel like it is. Perfectionist is like, yeah. yeah. Aiming too high and <laughs> always you know, beating yourself up if you're not too. Correct. But I think, you know, everyone goes through that. So males go through it, females yeah. go through it, mm-hmm. everyone goes through that. Kids going to school go through yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, do, am I good enough? I'm going to new school. So it happens all the way through your life. I think the thing that we add on top is kind of the, the layer of makeup that we put on as well. But mm-hmm. we kind of go in and you kind of armor up as in, or at least I used to do that. I think I've now killed it a little bit. But I used to, when I was younger, have to go in and put on a face because I was a woman and I had to prove myself more than the men that I was worth having a place on the table. So I think that was the big change. So you had your imposter syndrome that was working in your head telling you you're not good enough. And then you had to put on a mask and you'd try to copy someone. So you'd try to copy a boss of yours that was normally a male. Yeah. And so you'd try to be you, but with the male's tone to you yeah, and it was, it was, it was just so hard yeah. it was so hard you'd go and wash your face and be like oh i can breathe again over. yeah, it, yeah. It, it was you'd have to act your part it would be like breathe in in you go let's play this game um, and that wasn't you it was really hard and i think there still are people that are having to do that that's where you've got to stop you know whether all these amazing ladies we have in the company stay with us to or go off and do other incredible things. Mm. It's about ensuring that they understand their work and they understand that they're doing their job because they're worth it and there's no one else that can do their job better than them. And I think that's what we just lack. I think you look around the room and I always sit there thinking that someone can do my job. So I don't do my job. I don't do anything that special. I think it's really important that we're starting from a point where we talk about self-awareness first rather than trying to educate men about how they need to respect women and how they yeah. need to change and really putting the putting it on them i think it's really great approach that we take in it from ourselves understanding it from within and and taking really the initiative and the leadership and, and leading it by example but i think we're doing it in two ways so one is we've got the women's board mm-hmm. yeah we've also got the men's health board mental True. health yeah that's and great and kind it's of trying to work good. with them and understand yeah. um and then we've we got also have kelly Lustock, you know the diversity and inclusion community yeah. which i'm yeah. part of yeah. which is you know very good in terms of 
you know, explaining to all members of staff, you know, all the different, you know, yeah. so they started with the religions, we were also thinking about doing yeah. something specific about each country that's represented within Montreal Associates, mm -hmm. so um, like a culture, cultural day uh, on France, uh, on Germany, on the Netherlands, on Italy, on Spain, on all those countries that yeah. are represented within the company, um, so that we raise awareness internally and hopefully can yeah. transfer it to our clients as well. Yeah, and I think that's that's an important thing to bring up actually is the fact that a lot of the stuff that we're trying to do internally is something that we see as a benefit also to our our clients as well and helping them see if we're practicing what we preach to them, then we can help do our job better in helping them to recruit yeah, more inclusive yeah, more diverse and inclusive. Um, and, and the way that we approach things, if we can do that internally already, then that means our approach is naturally going to take that on, which is always good. But it would be interesting, going back to, obviously, you were saying the Women's Forum was the first thing that, that came about alongside other initiatives. What were the main drivers behind those? What were are the intentions that we expect to get out of, of those in terms of helping with, you know, like you said, it's, we, we have a lot of women, but we aren't necessarily maintaining them when we go up to a further level. So how would be great if we could start changing the leadership committee. Yeah. So we had more females up there. If we look at the stats, you know, internally um, where we have equality, then there are a lot younger uh, ladies. So we thought with this forum that we could, you know, with our experience, because we've been women in the business for, for a long time, uh, if we could help them, you know, with maybe our stories, um, our tips, um, and just, you know, provide them with a safe and secure environment. Uh, you know, everything is behind closed doors. It's safe, it's secure. You can say anything you wish. Um, what is said in the room stays in the room. And uh, it's not about, you know, pointing out at who did what and everything. You know, we're not, it's not kindergarten uh, material, but, I think if we equip those young ladies with um, what we didn't have because it was just not available mm. um, and if our, our experience can help them maybe not suffer the couple of hurdles that we might have had, then it can only be a, a, a beneficial uh, forum for all those women. Yeah, and I think as well with those, like you said, with trying to, to showcase the fact that I think particularly for you, you, you have a great platform for the rest of the, the women to listen to because of the extent that you've been here for such a long period of time and your story and, and reasons as to why you decided to stay. Um, I don't know whether there's anything that you want to share today other than obviously we're going to have the Women's Forum and that's going to be the topic but it would be nice to see have, you know, if, what were the key you know, things that stood out for you as to why this company to you is so important and the reason why you're so loyal and you value being in this company. Well, you know, it, it's a mix of things and I think, you know, the people that are part of the company and that have been part of the company for such a long time are, you know, a, a key factor. Um, also the fact that, you know, going back to the reason why I joined recruitment yeah. with no experience is, you know, I was given a chance. So I went from um, a, a resource role to uh, sales uh, recruiter role up to top pillar 
then uh, got into management, uh, which I always said I didn't want to get into because I didn't want to manage salespeople, but I ended up managing the uh, delivery team, uh, so the, the resources, and then um, always moving from one project to another, always learning something new, whether it was the technology or whether it was internally. I worked with legal and compliance, I worked with finance, so I think I've Of coming out of Montreal. Well, 
we're kind of becoming a medium-sized organization, there are still some of the benefits and the flexibility or agility that we have of a small company, and we're bringing them through. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not staying as a small company, we're building out the layers, we're building out our platforms, but we're keeping the one-to-one personal aspect where no, we know you're good, but we know you've got family and you've got other commitments. So working from home until now has been more of a small thing that's starting yeah. happening, but one of the big projects I'm working on right now is actually allowing everyone to have that. You know, we moved our technology to the cloud, we've moved our phone systems to the yeah. cloud. There's no reason someone needs to be sitting in an office to get their job done. And there's no reason why someone can't stop work, pick up their kids, bring them home, and then work again later. Yeah. It's about working around people's lives as well. Yeah. That's one of the key things. deadlines, you're, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. And also, you know, the flexibility at work, it's part of the, you know, the well-being program yeah. that started in June uh, last year, which yeah. covered, you know, so many uh, subjects over the six months it uh, happened. And I thought it was very beneficial for all the employees because, you know, there was the financial well-being, mm-hmm. the um, eating habits and you know all the tips that we could get from it, um, sport, I mean everything, yeah. um, um, mental well-being, you know, yeah. the mental health talk was really, uh, this workshop was really interesting, so addressing all this within the company yeah. and having it, you know, it's available yeah. for all of us. Yeah, we have meditation sessions yes. this week. Yeah, touching back on what you mentioned about the parental leave, like for me as a young woman, to be honest, this is something that absolutely terrifies me because when you look at the the trends, not just for our industry, but in general for employment and how women progress in their career, if you look at the trend of uh, men and women that don't have kids, their progression is exactly the same. Well, it's, if you look at the chart where you see women that have kids and men that have kids, for men it's exactly the same again, but for women it drops yeah. drastically. Yeah. And then you have to kind of start over or start from a certain point where, and then having this flexibility and having the extended parental leave that we recently introduced to Montreal Associates and having this support from management and, and knowing that they understand, they're willing to support you is something that is very, very important yeah. to, to know and to encourage our women in the company that are just in the beginning of their careers to know that they can progress here, they can yeah, grow, exactly. they, can, they can move into management and leadership because they have that support. That is, that is very crucial. Yeah, it's definitely important. Um, and I think as well, it's, it's good to note that I know obviously we're talking about you know, ensuring that we can encourage more females within the business. But I think it's also really relevant to bring up the fact that it's not always about the number and just making sure that you have enough females and that your data is saying that you have enough females. It's not about all it's about not, data. It's not about the data, it's more about the inclusivity actions that you do and the initiatives that you have within the business to make sure that the opportunities um, and the ability to progress is equal for both both male and female, and I think that's what sometimes people get carried away and forget about, is that it's not about 
you know, trying to put female in the spotlight and try and think about female and then forget about the male yeah. and try and then it becomes that odd spirit and then you don't actually end up helping anything at all yeah, because no. you end up then losing what's the most important thing and the most important thing is the skills, right? Not the actual whether you're a woman or a, no. a man. So priority will always go to skill regardless of gender and as yeah. long as we can provide this environment where whether you're a man or a woman, you're given the same opportunities yeah, you know, to do your job successfully, then that's what matters. The skills will always yeah. win. Yeah. And um, I guess I just wanted to finish, obviously, the podcast with something that we can give as inspiration to maybe what we're doing or what we aspire to be able to come to for maybe our clients or other recruiting businesses. Would there be anything that you would want to, to say to them about whether they're having the same problems as us? Maybe because you talk about, you know, as an internal point of view and then balancing from a, a client perspective, what maybe some of the companies that we work with that we know have issues with diversity, specifically, as you said, within the technology sector is another mm-hmm. industry alongside recruitment that have the particular discrepancy between female and male. Is there anything that you would want to say to them? I think we're still at the beginning stages yeah. of our journey, so I think it's hard for us to kind of say we've nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Happens, you know, we've, we've just identified that we have got a, a huge problem, and it's something that they have to work on. Yeah, because it's about helping those women get to leadership and making sure that it is even, and they can be a mother and still be in leadership and not have to go set up their own company or do something external. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't think we're at the stage where we can give advice and stuff, but what I do think is we can share our story yeah, and we can be transparent about areas where we've fallen down or made a wrong decision. And I think those are things that we'd be happy to talk about. Yeah, maybe then what you're saying is it's actually about the industry ourselves, each company within each of the industry to start being more honest and, and discuss this topic more openly and so that we can all help each other out in terms of understanding where we are and what initiatives maybe another recruitment company has done compared to what we do so we can go along this journey and ensure that knowledge. Yeah, ensure that the industry as a whole and that it improves and you know, as we said, it has come a long way from what it used to be, but there's always, you know, room for, for huge improvement. And like we said, we're we're not perfect ourselves and we've realised that we're not in a great position either, but let's all come together and try and work like, this out. Yeah. 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 And and in terms of the, the clients and companies, has there been any particular issues that clients have faced? And, and do we see that we want to start trying to maybe reflect what we're doing into, or are we not at that stage? Do you know what? I think the only impact we can have is uh, possibly within firm recruitment. Yeah, and sure. Contract and firm. Contracting, it's a, it's a skills game. You know, yeah. you've got the skills, whether yeah. you're a man or a woman. Yeah, it's it's going to work out. Yeah. But for perm, you know, if our clients start to have, you know, they have targets to um, increase the number of um, of women in, yeah. in their business, then maybe we can we can you know help them out and explain to them what we've done. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't think we're just yet in the position yeah. to be advisors on, on yeah. this subject. But if we were to be, it would be more with our permanent division yeah. uh, where uh, we could probably help the clients a bit more. Yeah. 
I believe when it comes to technology, it's, it's not. It, it's a matter of really changing the culture because I believe this is one of the areas where we still have the mindset of this is a woman's job and this is a men's job. And when you look at the skills available in the market and how they're divided, we have the closest we are to closing the gap in technology are in roles like project management or business analysts. And these are more widely accepted to be non-gender specific roles. Yeah, sure. When you look at develop developers or infrastructure architects, I, I, I still feel like they're perceived as more male jobs. And you have numbers like 16%, 90% of women having those positions and those skills in the market. So I really believe it's just a matter of talking about it and, and putting it out there as... There is no thing as men's job and women's job. Yeah, but that gets set from such a young age. I think if we're going education. To yeah, it's it's, it's, it's where you know I, there was a there was a study done, a film done about it that maybe we can watch on our. Yeah. On our. I've, I've, I've actually got it. I've, 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 I bought it for the company. I can't oh, remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it talks about the fact of how women used to be very much in tech mm. because. Men had gone to war, and so most right. of our yeah, engineers sure. and people that manage things were female. Mm. And then it talks about how that started moving on, and how schools then started was when the era happened. Because at a school level, you ended up having, you know, they ended up putting things like computer science or coding mm. at the same time as they put dance. Right, right, and so they started becoming this clash where. Mm well, do I want to go to dance that I think is so cool and I love dancing, or do I want to go for computer science? And you started creating these gender stereotypical Division. kind of, you know, classes mm-hmm. based on what, how schools were actually placing lessons. Mm-hmm. So they were clashing. Yeah. Do I want to be with my friends, or do I want to go do something I'm really passionate about? Yeah. It's hard as a child. Yeah. And it's still happening today. You know, we talk about STEM and we talk about mm-hmm. all of this. It is still happening today. You still start realizing, you know, my daughter didn't join the Python club after school because it was all boys in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, where choir art is apparently mostly girls and all her friends were there. So it, it, it's a tricky yeah. one. It's a really tricky one, but I do think that's probably a challenge for another day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bigger one then. Yeah. <laughs> That the government have to take on board. The government and parents, you know. Yeah. I know my daughter wanted to do she wanted to play the drums with, and the little boy in her class said, You can't play the drums, that's a boy's instrument. Mm-hmm. And it was just like oh. But my daughter's school, you know, she wanted I think in year four, she wanted to join football, only to be told that the football club because she didn't start before was on the boys for boys. So she has to give up or do a weekend thing, yeah. but it couldn't be an after school club because yeah. she didn't join young enough. Yeah. It sounds a bit ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, I think yeah. it goes back to the whole culture. Yeah, thing. I think it's, it's yeah. a slow process. And I think if you look back, you know, back 20 odd years ago, God, it's become massively better in terms of the way that women are seen in, in business in general and just how they're treated and what roles we see women in now but you know give ourselves another 10 20 years and that's going to be another drastic change when we look back but 
I think it's always one of those processes that, like you said, it's there's so many factors that you have to consider. And yeah. as long as businesses are doing as much as they can to ensure that they have that equality there, then you know, talking about it as we have with the Women's Forum and things like that, as long as you've got something in place and you're doing something about yeah. it, that's the main thing at the end of the day. And yeah, yeah. But thank you very much. No, that's been that sort of concludes thank everything. Um, yeah, no, it's great to have you for our first ever episode. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll have you back soon sometime sure. for another okay. episode. But thank you very much to you. That was great. Thank you. <laughs>